0: I'm Michael, for those who don't know me, um, it's great to be with you and to have the privilege of bringing this message, we're just wanting to set the scene for a series on spiritual gifts. So I have the privilege of giving a bit of an overview this morning and I'm really excited about doing that. Have you ever come across, let put my watch on, have you ever come across some passages in the Bible and you think, I wonder what that really means? Some verses that have puzzled you. This is one of them for me. John chapter 14 and verse 12 says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. Turn to the person to the left and the right of you and say, I'm going to do greater works than Jesus did. Did that feel a bit awkward? (laughs) I'd feel a bit awkward about that. I see some of you aren't up for that. You say, no, I'm not going there. I'm not gonna. That could get me into deep yogurt. No, I'm not going there with that one. As we move on and we get a bit of insight, if we go to the verse before, John 14 and verse 11, we read, Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of miracles themselves. You see, Jesus was talking about signs and wonders and miracles, and John wants us to understand these are signposts for the kingdom. Probably at the end of your road, there's a signpost, is there, that kind of points down your street, and people know if they're coming to your place, they see the signpost, they hang a left or a right, and they know that they're in the right place. And signposts, signs and wonders and miracles, tell us that God is alive and well and is building his kingdom. You know, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. That's pretty hard to improve upon, isn't it? (laughs) I reckon it is. But, you know, there are more of us. There are more of us in the body of Christ now. If we all are open to to the Holy Spirit prompting us with signs and wonders and miracles, we can have signposts all over the place. Signposts in your part of Hamilton. Jesus is alive and well. He's establishing his kingdom. Signposts outside your place. You can find hope here as I share something of my story and something of God's story. And uh, in the a little bit further on in the passage in John 14 and 15, we read, If you love me, you will obey my commandment, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you, the Spirit of truth. And so we understand that we've been given the Holy Spirit who indwells us, so that we can operate in signs and wonders and miracles, that they would be signposts of the kingdom, they would announce that Jesus is here and he's building his church. The big idea that I want to leave you with this morning is that we can't do what God has asked us to do unless we're empowered by the Holy Spirit. We're, just not, we're wired to have that supernatural dimension in our lives. And you and I can't be those ambassadors for Christ that we want to be. We can't change the world in which we live unless it's the Holy Spirit working through us. As I was preparing this message, I just felt there are people in this room, there are people at Tuakau Campus this morning, uh, there are people at North Campus, at Chapel, our online community, and you're facing impossible circumstances. Now you won't have to think a lot about what that is, because that will be foremost in your mind. I want to say to you this morning that I believe that as we look at spiritual gifts, they can be like the key that will unlock something of those circumstances for you. You know, it's as though you've been chipping away at those circumstances with that Tommy Hawk. You know, the post office savings. Um, you know, I was sure, man, I was sure there was treasure in there. It had a little thing in the, in the top where you could put notes through. I thought, oh, man, there'll be pound notes in that for sure. It must have been the days before pounds, before dollars and cents. Man, there's treasure in there. You know, I tried to drill into it with, electric hole, with the electric drill, and sometimes we try and do that, whether it's family. I, I just sense some of you have got overwhelming circumstances overcome with your family, with your relationships, with your finances, with your workplace, whatever it might be. But the Holy Spirit wants to give you a key that will unlock something in those circumstances. It'll be a journey. I can't promise you an instant fix. There's a saying that says, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. Ain't that the truth? But isn't that what we often do? That's what I often do. You know, I pray harder, and there's nothing wrong with praying. I work harder, and there's nothing wrong with working harder. But sometimes we need a spiritual key that will unlock a different dimension of what we're facing. And that's what we're talking about this morning. I want us to just paint a bit of a picture about what spiritual gifts look like, because it's very confusing. If you were to go online and do a spiritual gift survey, and probably some of you will do that after this message today... And um, you'll find that, you know, all sorts of spiritual gifts are lumped together. So there's the ascension ministry gifts, like apostles and prophets, all lumped together with the gift of evangelism, with the evangelist, and, and all the other types of speaking in tongues, healings, miracles. And it just becomes very confused. But as Paul is teaching about spiritual gifts, he's wanting to say they're all gifts of the Holy Spirit, but they have a different function. So, I want to give just a bit of an overview so you understand where the 1 Corinthians 12 gifts that we're going to look at this morning fit in the overall spectrum of spiritual gifts. We've already talked about the ascension ministry gifts. And so, if you'd like to review those messages, you can go back to the second half of 2021 and they're there online for you. So, have a look at those. But in Ephesians 4 11 and 13, we read, Now these are the gifts that Christ gave the church, apostles and prophets. Evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of the Christ, body of Christ. He will continue until we come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So these gifts to the church, they're gifts of people. Pastor Sheridan and Pastor Jan are a gift to us as a church. Pastor Sheridan has that apostolic grace upon his life, so he'll always be opening things up. You'll also notice with Pastor Sheridan, do you notice as soon as we've accomplished something, he wants to move on to the next thing? It's like, yes, Jan understands this. <laughs> it's like, we just want to celebrate this, you know, just give us a moment of celebration. No, there are more fences to be climbed and mountains to be conquered. That's the grace of the apostle who keeps us moving, opening up new territory, breaking through obstacles. Apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers. When you look at those messages from 2021, you'll see that message from Danny Silk. It's very funny, isn't it? Where he talks about looking through different lens. So the pastor says, how can he get up and talk about that? Reaching new ground for God when there are people who are hurting here and need to respond and they need to be blessed and encouraged. And the evangelist, you know, like Jay getting up here, he hasn't given an altar call this morning. What's that guy doing? Get him off the pulpit. If he won't do it, I'll do it. People need to come to Christ this morning. So if you haven't seen those messages, you'll enjoy them. That's the gift, uh, the Ascension ministry gifts. I'm talking this morning about the First Corinthians 14, 4 to 11 gifts. And uh, I'm reading from verse 4. Paul says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of workings, but the same God works in all of them. Now, to each one, going to unpack that phrase in a moment. The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he gives to each one just as he determines. Now the word that's used for gifts there is the word charisma. It's where we get the understanding of charismatic gifts. I want us to understand this morning that these are not gifts that we can earn. We're just vessels for these gifts to flow through us. I want us to understand this morning, I just really believed that this week, God is going to create a hunger in us for spiritual gifts. And over the next three weeks, different speakers are going to unpack the three groupings of these gifts that I'll talk about a little bit later on. But you know some of those impossible situations that we're facing? We need one of these charisma gifts as a key to unlock something. We need a word of knowledge. We need wisdom. We need faith. We need to believe for miracles or healings to unlock that situation. And I believe this week that the Holy Spirit is going to create a hunger in us. So I encourage you. I read somewhere that these gifts are not, you know, they're not things that we own, but these are gifts that are born out of prayer. So as you're praying and seeking, I believe God's going to really release some of these gifts in you this week. So the nine spiritual gifts have been called the charismatic gifts or the charisma. Charisma means favoured to receive without merit, or grace given by the Holy Spirit, enabling Christians to have extraordinary powers. And I want to talk about the phrases that were mentioned in that passage of Scripture. To each one. It literally means to each and everyone. I don't know about you, but I've had lots of people who have come to me and said, Pastor Michael, when God had had the bag of spiritual gifts... He was just coming along and he gave the last one to Pam and there was nothing left for me. And maybe you feel like that this morning. Maybe you kind of think of that that list of nine gifts and you say, well, I don't know that any of those operate in my life. I want to encourage you that it's not about me. It's not about you. These are not gifts that we own that we can pull out when we want to. We just have to be vessels that the Holy Spirit can flow through. And if you're a vessel, the Holy Spirit can give you the right gift in the right place. They're given to each one. No one misses out. No one misses out. If you're in the situation and you need a gift from God, you're in an impossible situation online, you're facing an impossible situation with your family, with your workplace, whatever it might be, and you ask God to give you wisdom, God will give you wisdom. You ask for a spiritual gift and God will give you one, like that key that will unlock the circumstances that you're facing. Again, I can't promise it'll be... An instant fix, it'll be part of a journey, but revelation and insight will come. They're a manifestation of the Spirit. Like I said before, they're given so that Jesus might be made known in our midst. They're not given that Michael might look as though, you know, he's got a great ministry, or Jay's got a great ministry, or Pastor Sharon's got a great ministry. We're just vessels that the Holy Spirit flows through that there might be signposts for the kingdom that says Jesus is alive and well and He's building His kingdom. Walk this way. They're a manifestation of the Spirit. Imagine if you have been told that you've been given a gift that could change the world forever. Would you, un- would you unpack that gift? Imagine if, you know, imagine if you're a gift that could change the world was left under the Christmas tree. Would you leave it there for 12 months? And next Christmas, would you open that? I wouldn't, would you? If you would, bring it to my place and I'll open it for you and save you the trouble. You won't have to wait 12 months. Of course you wouldn't. You'd rip that thing open, wouldn't you? And you'd want to see what was inside. And God, by his Spirit, has given us spiritual gifts. We just have to be vessels that will actually allow those gifts to channel through us. They're not about whether you're a good or a bad person. They're not about whether you're spiritually mature or not spiritually mature. You just have to be a vessel that God can flow through. We're going to talk later on about spiritual maturity, and those are the gifts of the Spirit. They're found in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 23, and they're a measure of whether a person is mature in their Christian faith. We're going to talk about that on another day. But we're talking about 1 Corinthians 12, so God is just looking, Holy Spirit's looking for vessels to flow through that there might be signs and wonders and miracles, signposts for Jesus that say Jesus is alive and well and he's establishing his kingdom. Don't you think in terms of history, more than ever before, we need signposts that say Jesus is alive and well and, and establishing his kingdom on the earth? I reckon that we'll hear out of Ukraine after this terrible um, war that's going on at the moment. I, I believe we'll hear signs and wonders and miracles amongst the Christians in that place. Who have just seen God do amazing things because they have been vessels that the Holy Spirit has been able to minister through. To bring signs and wonders and miracles that are signposts to the kingdom that say even in this place, Jesus is alive and well, and he's building his kingdom. The manifestations of the spirit. Thirdly, this morning, they're sovereignly given. These gifts are purely from God's grace. There's an interesting passage in, in, in uh, Acts chapter 8 about Simon. And uh, what had happened was, and the scripture's up there for you, is that the I'll read it, shall I? That would be, get me into less trouble. When Peter and John laid their hands upon the believers, they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given, when the apostles laid their hands on them, he offered money to buy this power. Let me have this power too, he exclaimed, so that when I lay hands on people, they will receive the Holy Spirit. So these believers had come to know Christ, but they hadn't yet been filled with the Spirit. And so they sent these guys up to go and have a look and to see what had happened. They sent up Peter and John. And Simon was there. In the literature of the early church, Simon was called Simon the Sorcerer or Simon Magus. And uh, he was the father of Gnostic teaching. But when he met Jesus, everything changed. And friends, I want to say that to you this morning in the room. I want to say that to you online. I just had a strong sense in my spirit today that when you meet Jesus, everything changes. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you haven't done. When you meet Jesus, everything changes. And that happened for Simon. But who knows the process of discipleship takes a little bit longer, right? And so Simon thought, man, I'd love this power just to go into my other box of tricks. Maybe I could give them a few coins for it. And he learned that day that you can't buy God working through your life with the Holy Spirit. It's a grace that is sovereignly given. It's a, it's a sign of God's grace and empowerment that comes from the Holy Spirit. You don't get to use them. You get to establish God's kingdom through them. There's a, a subtle difference in that. We read in First Corinthians chapter 14, verses 1 to 4, Let love be your highest goal, but you should also de- desire the ability, special abilities in the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. If you have the ability to speak in tongues, you'll be, you will be especially talking to only with God, since people won't be able to understand you. You'll be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will be mysterious. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. And so Paul's just wanting to talk there about it being... A gift that is sovereignly given for the common good, for the body of Christ. doesn't mean that you shouldn't speak in tongues. You should. Paul says in another place, I speak in tongues more than all of you. But when I'm building up the body of Christ in a context like this, if it's tongues, it needs to be interpreted or I bring a prophetic word. And our speakers will talk about that in the days that lie ahead. Fourthly, it's for the common good. The 1 Corinthians 12 gifts are the charisma for the common good. These gifts have a common origin and they bring together, come together for a common good. They're part of the redemption that started in Genesis and carries on to the book of Revelation. How can I be open to the promptings and nudgings of the Spirit? Because these gifts of the Spirit are for the common good. People in this room, uh, people in our Tuakau campus, north and chapel campuses, our online community. But they're also for your workplace, How can we bring spiritual gifts in a way that isn't weird? Can I just encourage you to be open to the promptings and nudgings of God's spirit? And don't dress it up with spiritual jargon. Don't embellish it with what you think is the interpretation. Just bring what God has given you. A word of knowledge. It might just be one word. Hey, you 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 look tired today. Can I pray for you? Whatever it might be. Our speakers in the weeks that come will unpack what that looks like for you practically. I want to challenge you to pray this week and ask God to empower you with those First Corinthians 12 gifts. Remember, as one commentator makes the point, these gifts are not gifts that you're born with. These are gifts that are born out of prayer. You don't own these gifts. They're not in your back pocket. These are not gifts that you're born with. These are gifts that are born out of prayer. You're just a vessel that God can flow through. Signposts for the kingdom that announce that Jesus is here and he's building his church. Just to give some context for spiritual gifts. The third category of spiritual gifts, and we're not talking about these in this series, are what we call motivational gifts. And these are a function of people's personality. So there are things like Romans 12, 6 8, serving, teaching, exhortation, giving, leadership, mercy. You'll meet people, won't you, and they've just got a real mercy gift. You think, gosh, how can they do that? How can they they serve again and again? Or someone with a a gift of giving. They're just so incredibly generous, um, above and beyond generosity. And as they operate in that gift, they're blessed and others are blessed. 1 Peter 4, 9 to 11, hospitality, speaking, serving. I remember someone talking about the gift of hospitality, being able to make people feel welcome in your home and to be able to relax and experience something of what it is to be part of the family of God when they're in your place. 1st Corinthians 12:28 helps in administration. Isn't administration a wonderful gift? Who's got the gift of administration in this room? Not many of you. Lord, multiply that gift and those who are hiding in the woodwork, Lord, bring conviction upon their lives that they would come forward. That is a wonderful gift. Don't despise it. It's absolutely amazing. You know, leadership, there are people that have a gift of leadership, but you still have to actually develop the gift. And whether you think you're a leader or not, we all have to lead ourselves, right? So in a sense, you know, we can all learn to flow in these different gifts. These are motivational gifts, more a function of your personality. So unity should always be enhanced through the expression of spiritual gifts. We need one another. None of us will have all of these gifts except for Jesus. And so we read in this passage of scripture in 1 Corinthians 12, it's in two parts, 12 to 20, and then I'm going to skip to 27 to 31. And Paul is just giving some illustrations of how the body of Christ needs to work together. We can be conduits, we can be vessels for these spiritual gifts. But I know often it's great when, the, when we're working together. So you might be praying for someone, someone might have a word of knowledge, someone might have faith to pray for a miracle, so you work together. No one has all of the gifts and so Paul writes this and makes this illustration. The human body has many parts, verse 12, but the many parts make up the one body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. But we've all been baptized into the one body by the one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. We need one another. And he goes on to say, yes, the body has many parts, not just one. If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, does that But that does not make it any less part of the body. If the eye says I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, how would it hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would it smell? Look to the person to the left and right at you online. Look to the person to the left and right. Wouldn't it be funny if they were just all made up of ears? That would be a bit strange, wouldn't it? Some of you are having nightmares right now. Imagine if they were all an arm. That would be a bit weird. The body has many parts, and as it functions together, it's amazing, isn't it? We're fearfully and wonderfully made. We're just scratching the surface of what God has done in putting human beings together. It's incredible. And in the body of Christ, we're to function that way with the gifts that God graces upon our lives. He goes on to say, and in, in, um, if the whole body, I think I've said that bit, verse 27. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is part of it. Here are some of the parts... God has appointed for the church. And then Paul just mixes all of the gifts together, deliberately. Ascension ministry gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 4-11, the charismata, throw some of them in. Motivational gifts. Because he's saying, really, God uses all of those together in the body of Christ. And so he talks... First, the apostles, second, the prophets, third, the teachers. And I don't think his list is in any kind of order. He's not necessarily saying, you know, these, these ones are more important than the rest. He's just giving an understanding of how they can all be in operation. Then, those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers? Do all have the power to do miracles? Do all have the gift of healing? Do we have the ability? All have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. You should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. Friends, we need one another. Our online campuses and online community, we need one another. None of us have got everything that is required to bring God's kingdom from heaven to earth. It's as we work together. Paul is saying no one has the gifts that are needed to establish God's kingdom through signs, wonders, and miracles on their own. And then he goes on to talk about how we should operate together in 1 Corinthians 13. We often read this scripture at weddings, and it's lovely at weddings. But in the context that Paul's writing after chapter 12, he's really talking about how do we flow together with spiritual gifts. If I could speak in the language of earth and of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and I understand all of God's secrets and possessed all knowledge, and if I had faith that could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything that I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have nothing. And so, friends, whatever we do, it must be in that spirit of love. Some of you are going to have experiences this week of 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 11 gifts, the charismata. And you're going to ask yourself, oh man, I wish Michael hadn't talked about that. Now I've got this to deal with. How do I know whether this is from God? Or how do I know whether this is from, you know, just my own human? I often say to myself, I'm not sure whether this is a God thought or a Michael thought, but either way it's a good thought. I want to encourage you. If you think that God's you know, given you a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom or faith to pray for someone who's sick, just ask yourself these two simple things, whether you're in the room or whether you're online this morning. Is it honoring to God? Is it, you know, is it a signpost that's going to point that Jesus is alive and well in establishing his kingdom? And it, will it help the people that you're going to minister this to, will it help them on their journey to honor God? And if it's yes, give it a go. The worst thing you can do is make a mistake and learn from the experience. So can I encourage you? Let's demy- just demystify it and make it really simple. Over the next three weeks, we're going to continue this series, and our speakers are going to explore these First Corinthians um, 12 gifts, um, 4, to, uh, 4 to 11 in these three areas, spoken gifts, gifts of revelation, and gifts of power. So I encourage you, be praying into them, allow Holy Spirit to create a hunger so that when you come, you can start to see how the Holy Spirit's going to use you as a vessel to operate in these charismatic gifts to be a blessing to others, to be signposts of the kingdom that point to Jesus, that his kingdom is alive and well, and something more of the kingdom of God is coming from heaven to earth.